I have my strong coffee. I hope you have yours. A a beloved story appears in the Gospel of John that gives us a glimpse, I think, into the heart of of Jesus. And that's why it's loved so much. And I, I think that it actually provides maybe an interesting intersection of of opportunity and new thought for us in our current COVID-19 crisis. For many of us, uh, life has gotten infinitely slower and yet somehow also infinitely more hectic, definitely weird. Lives and jobs are topsy-turvy for, for many of us. That means something very new, a world in which what we do either matters way more than it's ever mattered or suddenly and this is a real blow to to many of our, our pride, even, suddenly what we do is less important than we thought. And this divide between the essential and the non-essential workers is quite interesting. You know, if anything, the stock market might contradict the usage of these words because it sure seems like every worker might be essential. But I get the, the importance in, in what is being said there. But when it comes to that divide, I couldn't help but think of the story of Mary and Martha. And maybe you have already. You might know it very well, so I'll, I'll just try to summarize it. Jesus stops at a close friend's house, Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. And of course, for us in the West, hospitality isn't quite as big a deal here. We tend to go out to eat. But then... Then it was very important that if especially a, 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 a well-respected teacher like Jesus appeared, you you rolled out the red carpet. I have a memory, memories I should say, of, of old holidays, Easter for instance, and, and grandma would be in the kitchen, all the ladies would be in the kitchen doing things and all the guys would be you know watching football or baseball or, or whatever. These roles do kind of exist, right? The system wasn't that different back then. Mary was, let's call her the essential worker. She's in the kitchen. She's doing the stuff. But Mary is doing something scandalous. She didn't take her place in the kitchen. And so so Martha is frustrated by this, and I, I feel her pain. She comes to Jesus and says, Lord, you can imagine her exasperation, even as she sort of looks at her sister, points at accusing finger. She's been in there all morning, maybe all afternoon, preparing, preparing, and cleaning, and preparing, and cleaning. She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do this work all by myself? Tell her to help me. I've worked with nonprofits long enough to feel this in my bones. I am busting my hump over here, and nobody's helping me. If you're a mom or a dad watching kids by yourself today, I anticipate that you just shook the walls with an amen. We can feel her frustration. 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. And Jesus answers. And how we read Jesus' answer is very interesting because... Because again, I've said this before, but by nature, we don't read him tonelessly. We always give Jesus a voice. You don't just read Jesus saying, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. He's not a robot. Is Jesus angry with Martha? Is there tension in his voice? Is he frustrated with Martha? Or is there kindness and compassion there? Is there an invitation in his voice or is there a rebuke in his voice? And that's your call, but my call is compassion. 
I think he sees her burdened, like a fighter who steps into that ring and is slammed suddenly with tunnel vision, can't see anything except for the immediate fight right in front of her. Sometimes life feels like that, like we are struggling, like my kids over a toy, pulling at it together, one on one side, one on the other, and if you just... If you just get them to take a step back and get a new perspective, they would realize that, that they're fighting over something stupid. It's, it's ridiculous. There's no reason for it. And Jesus, I think, is inviting Mary to realize that the fight that she is fighting is not worth it. That Mary caught the wind. And what's so interesting is that Jesus doesn't have a word for the woman who stopped working. He does, however, invite the woman who was working to stop working. Martha, Martha, the Lord answers. You are worried and upset about so many things, but very few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You catch that? Few things are needed. If you have a Bible, go find that verse and underline it and memorize it and write it on all of your walls. (laughs) Few things are needed or indeed only one. And what was that one thing? It was to be with Jesus. In fact, Jesus doesn't even get firm until the end. And his firmness is to protect Mary. Do you notice that? He says, she stopped working to be with me and that's what I want. And not you or anyone else will take her from my presence. What a feminist kind of thing for Jesus to say. He's no respecter of gender. He's no respecter of roles. He's no respecter of human traditions or human systems or the way things have always been. Jesus' eyes are on relationships. He isn't as interested in what you're doing, but he is very interested in who you are and what you're becoming. Jesus' eyes were never on what Mary and Martha could do for him. Can you grab that? What are Mary and Martha going to do for Jesus, who could literally make stones into bread? What do you think God needs from you? But what we can see here is, is at least what God wants from you. And what he wants is a relationship to flourish. He wants us to sit together more and worry about productivity less. And something amazing happens when we lean into this. When we stop trying to be so, quote-unquote, productive, we suddenly learn that our productivity was pointed in the wrong direction the whole time, and Jesus told us it. Martha was given a day to be with Jesus. Imagine, you were given a day to be with Jesus. And the question is, of course, how is she going to spend that day? Because it sure seems like if... Given the choice, Jesus just wanted to spend the day with Martha, which tells me that that Jesus loves you for who you are and not for what you do. If this current crisis speaks anything good to us, maybe it's speaking this. Maybe maybe I'm speaking to you because you've lost your job or you've been put on um, hiatus or maybe school is closed or your college classes aren't engaged or maybe you're just an empty nester trying to figure out how to navigate a new world without kids. Whatever you find yourself in today, whether working hard or hardly working, I want you to recognize this. 
God never values you based on what you do. He will not love you more. He will not love you less. Let us strive to receive the depth of that love and then offer that love to others. Because I'm reminded of one last word from Jesus. Freely you have received. Freely give. Peace and strong coffee.